just one week to go until the final day of pre-season testing in Bahrain, so we'll soon have some indication as to who's going to be the most competitive in 2024. And I hope you're enjoying our countdown to the new series of this podcast and it's helping pass the time as we approach the new F1 season. And on day 19 of 30 Days of Beyond the Grid, I've chosen a clip from my chat with Juan Pablo Montoya back in 2018. The Colombian was fast, he was unpredictable, he was controversial, and he was one of the most exciting characters both on and off the track during his six seasons in Formula One, from 2001 to 2006. Across his stints with Williams and McLaren, Montoya won seven Grand Prix, took 13 pole positions, and stepped on the podium 30 times. For a man of his talent and raw speed, his time in F1 felt short, especially given the fact he actually left halfway through the 2006 campaign. So when I caught up with JPM, I wanted to find out why he made such a hasty exit and whether he has any regrets. I left McLaren from one in a bad time. You know what I mean? If I, if I would have stayed an extra year, probably being world champion. If some buts don't count, you know what I mean? For me, I didn't want to stay at McLaren, and I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't want to be part of it at the time. So for myself, I was, I think, 31, this is 32, and I'm thinking, you know, everybody stops at around 35. I don't want to go and run for three years in a mid-pack team. So you thought McLaren in 2006 was becoming a, a yeah, mid-pack team? Yeah, I mean, they were just lacking power. Um, because mechanically the car, you know, we did a lot of suspension changes. I did a lot of work on that and the car was actually driving really good when I left. They just had no power. Well, look, while we're talking about then, let's continue talking about that because 2005, you joined McLaren. Yeah. How quickly did things go downhill with that team? Because um, I think the, the hard thing in McLaren was, and I, I wasn't public about it, how, how much I struggled driving that car. How much I hated the car. The 2.5 car. Yeah. Oh my God. I just couldn't drive it. I remember first time I drove the McLaren, I did an installation lap and I came in and I told the guys, I think there's something broke in the car. So what do you mean? I said, yeah, like when I steer, the, the way it moves, it's like something's broken on the back. They looked at it for an hour and everything was fine and just the way the car drove. But you won races in that car. Yeah. I, I told people. Was it all bad? If, if, if we could have the balance of the Williams on that car, I mean, you would win by two laps. Because it's like you're lapping a second round of lap quicker than the Williams when I went to McLaren. And the thing drove like when you would qualify 10th in the Williams. Like when you were nailed the Williams at the end, you could be, you know, P3, P4, P2, maybe on pole. I mean, but it was difficult. And the thing drove terrible and you're winning races. It's like, how did that happen? And I never really, you know what I mean? I was very quiet about how bad the, you know what I mean? For me, it was very disrespectful to go and say, you know, the car drives like shit. You know what I mean? I should have gone and say, you know, I really struggle with this car and I never did publicly. How did you get on with Kimmy? Oh, uh, it was okay. He just, he was just quiet. You know what I mean? He was quiet and he was McLaren's, you know, runs boy. Did you feel that? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, a little bit, yeah. It's what it is, you know what I mean? And you, I expected that. You were Ron's golden boy. He signed you, what, 18 months ahead yeah, of time? Yeah, yeah. And, and yet you still felt when you arrived that Kimmy no, was the No, at the gun. beginning, no. At the beginning, no. It's through, you know, I mean, as the time went on, we had a lot of issues there. But it's what it is. I guess Ron has 
and had favorites, didn't he? I mean, along, yeah, yeah, Alonso, yeah, I, mean, I think, was, went through was, the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Ren was really nice to me. His family was really nice to me. Every, you know, I mean, everybody in my client were great to me, and, but it, it was tough. You know, it was a lot of internal drama. So you left mid-season 2-6, and I remember being baffled by that decision at well, the time. I didn't leave. They asked me to. What, just, what, what actually happened? Can you tell the story No, I, I mean, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't sure what was going to happen and where I was going to be next year. And the, the NASCAR thing came up and it was a five-year deal. I thought, oh, why not? You know what I mean? It's go live in America where I want to live. You know I mean? You look at people racing NASCAR until like freaking 45. And I can extend my career. I, lo- I just love racing and, and I can live in the States. But to leave mid-season... No, when I did that, you know, I was going to go to the next race and Ren said, your mind isn't somewhere else. Uh, you know, we don't want you to continue. I'm like, okay. But, JPM, did you ever regret? Leaving? Yeah, leaving no. Formula One. Did anyone try and lure you back? Bernie called me once uh, and uh, he said, hey, you know what I mean? You know, we want, you know, why are you leaving? You know, we want you back, blah, blah. I said, hey, I signed a five-year deal. I'm sorry. I said, oh, we can get you. He said, yeah, but. I mean, the only place I would go is Ferrari and with Michael there, I don't want to be a number two. So JPM, in conclusion, just how do you reflect on your six years? It was good. It was good. I had up and downs. I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It was fun. I was comfortable leaving when I left. It wasn't really six months into NASCAR going, why did I do this? Why did I not? It was never even talked about, was it? But did you not think in 2007... That car, that McLaren is winning races. No, because I wasn't going to be there. Okay. And if some butts don't count. No, they don't. It is a ruthless sport like that, isn't it? Yeah. I was different. I guess that's why I wasn't here long enough, because I was different. And I guess I didn't fit in. One characteristic that stands out with Juan Pablo is his honesty. He was certainly never afraid to speak his mind in Formula One, once saying Michael Schumacher was either stupid or blind after the pair came together at Imola in 2004. Montoya was thrilling to watch. He produced some world-class drives to win seven times and had some spicy battles with Schumacher. He definitely could have been world champion in another life, but Michael and Ferrari were in a league of their own at the time. It's interesting to hear he felt like he didn't fit in, but I'm sure the majority of Formula One fans were very grateful to have Juan Pablo Montoya in the sport. We're almost two thirds of the way through 30 days of Beyond the Grid. So I'll catch you tomorrow for day 20. Formula One is the greatest sport in the world. But there can be a lot to understand. Don't worry, we're here to help. I'm Katie Osborne. This is Christian Hugill. And welcome to F1 Explains. This is the official F1 podcast about how the sport really works. The drivers, the cars, the rules, the words, the risk takers, late breakers, and history makers that amaze and inspire us every race weekend. Hit like, follow or subscribe for new episodes every Friday as we answer your questions about F1 with the help of some very special guests.
Oscar Piastri, welcome for your debut on F1 Explains. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Double World Champion Mika Hakkinen, welcome to F1 Explains. The ticket, Mika. What the, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And by your side, a woman whose race strategy once made Sergio Perez cry. It's important for me to say tears of joy. Welcome back, Bernie Collins. Thank you so much. You've just not heard the crying ones from losing the race. <laughs> Susie Wolf joining us here on F1 Explains. What a joy to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me, Christian Hugill and Katie Osborne on the stage is Formula One legend David Coulthard. We'll be here across the 2024 season with current drivers and legends of the sport. Plus, insights and explanations from people you don't usually get to hear from, the unseen experts who are essential to Formula One. We need your question to put to our experts. Are you F1 Explains? <laughs> we are. I love your podcast. I love F1 Explains. <laughs> Christian Newfield. And Katie Osborne. Katie Osborne. Record it as a voice note on your phone, or you can write it in an email and send it to F1Explains at F1.com. Just search for F1Explains wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll speak to you soon.